Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACTS Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. The holidays bring families together to celebrate important traditions, but when you or your family manages food allergies, traveling together can become stressful. Tackling the stress of travel, we're joined by seasoned global traveler, Allie Bond, also known as Miss Allergic Reactor, who will share her top tips for safe travel this season. Welcome, Allie, to Facts Roundtable Podcast. We are grateful and thankful to have experts like you joining us to discuss topics that are really important to our listeners. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I know. I miss seeing you, listeners. We go way back with Allie, and she's just always so fun to talk to and be around. And I know you're just going to really enjoy this conversation. So, Allie, again, I'm really excited to be talking to you again. Me too. So let's start off with our listeners getting to know you better. I know you, but let's help our listeners who may not know you get to know you just a little bit better. Can you share your background, your allergies? And then I know you have wonderful thoughts and mottos about traveling. And then since we're going into the holidays, can you share what you are thankful for? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Ali Bon, and I have written a blog since 2008 called Miss Allergic Reactor. Way back when, when Caroline's one of her blogs, one of the first ones that I saw of mom blogs back then. And I have grown up with food allergies since I can remember. My parents discovered them when I was just a baby. So I've been dealing with four of the top nine, uh, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish, and then a bunch of other random food allergies, including uh, legumes and potato and a bunch of different fruits and, and then environmental allergies and asthma. So I have had these my entire life. They've never you know, stopped me from doing any of the things that I've always wanted to do. And I I started actually writing my blog because I had talked to a group of parents at a conference who were just excited to hear that I had done, you know, gone to school and birthday parties and traveled and done all of these things and wanted to know more about how I had done that. And so now it's it was started as a big passion project and has become consulting for people to travel safely with food allergies um, and some courses and things like that. So It's been um, an exciting journey. You know, with all this travel, how many countries have you hit? So I think I've been to about 40 countries. I'm not a country counter, but it's somewhere somewhere around there. A lot of places. Still so many to go to also. (laughs) 
And listeners, if you don't follow Allie on social, I highly suggest it because it is so fun to see where she's traveling and where she's going. And I know you do some work for Allergic Living, so we can see your adventures in there. But I have to agree that when I first met you, you were so inspiring to us because you were just out there eating life up. Mm -hmm. And as parents and caregivers of children with food allergies, we have a tendency to stay within our own little group. And so to finally meet a younger person who's just out there crushing life, that really meant a lot to us. Thank you so much. That's my hope is to be able to, yes, help and inspire and and educate. And thankful, um, as we're talking about Thanksgiving, I feel so thankful for, for so many things, but, you know, having a supportive family that has, has taught me you know, my parents were so instrumental in teaching me how to navigate food allergies in the first place and teaching me the strategies and tools to to get me to where I am as an adult. You know, having a great community of other food allergy advocates and people that I have met through working with food allergy organizations and going to conferences and meeting people like you. And um, it's been, you know, so nice to connect with other people who understand the the journey. So, you know, I'm very thankful for all of that, certainly. Those are great things. So now turning back to travel, when you decide to travel, what are the first steps you take to plan out staying safe with your food allergies? So let's say you decide that you're going to head off to Italy or New York. So I have, I have to say I've had a lot of practice and experience. The strategies that I use now took a long time to to develop and to to work on. So for me, it's really not a ton of planning anymore. But that is because I have done it so many times. You know, for families, for people who are just starting out, individuals just starting out who have food allergies, taking a look and doing a good amount of research about the place that you're going ahead, seeing, you know, what type of food there is. So if you're going to Italy and you have a nut allergy, for example, seeing what kinds of dishes might nuts be in, um, doing some sort of research around the place, the language, just things that you might encounter and seeing how you feel if you're comfortable with that. I think it's really important to decide, you know, if you're going to go to somewhere like Italy, but you haven't done any traveling locally, like maybe you are coming from the West Coast to New York, haven't done any, any travel like that yet. It's good to take some smaller steps before you take a bigger leap. Um, so definitely starting starting on, on a smaller scale and being able to build your confidence because it's really hard to, to take some giant leap when you haven't done any of those baby steps first. I definitely advise doing some planning, thinking through also if you're going to be able to enjoy the trip, if you haven't had that experience and, and feel nervous about even just traveling locally or dining out locally, you really want to build up your confidence first before going to somewhere like Italy or somewhere abroad that you haven't had experience with yet. Those are really solid tips. I really never thought about that, but that makes really good sense. Even if you're just going to the next town over, figuring out how to find restaurants or how to find the grocery stores that are safe or things like that, and how you're going to move around in transportation. Really good ideas. Thank you. So now just focusing closer on domestic and even maybe car travel. So let's say you're just going to go somewhere either driving or within the U.S. What would be your top three tips on that? Yeah. So we just we just did this actually 
in March, we drove around Arizona and Utah. That was a, a first car trip in that area. So when I was planning for that, I did a lot of research about grocery stores and looked at sort of where I would be able to stop to get food brands that I knew were safe or that I'm used to. And I planned sort of by our stops of where we would be able to get food. And then also planning where I was staying, you know, making sure that there was a refrigerator and a microwave in case I couldn't find a restaurant that I felt safe dining at. I had backup options. So planning ahead and doing that research, just like going anywhere. Also packing food ahead so you have something to start with that you have prepared. And then sort of laying out your trip, making sure that from point A to B to the next place, you have grocery stores and places that you can stop to restock and get food. You know, we got one of those cooling bags. So we were able to transport food as we went and like refilled on ice (laughs) and things like that. And that worked really well for us. Definitely recommend sort of planning it out in that way so that you have stops along the way with grocery stores and can stock up. So now you mentioned like having a refrigerator and a microwave. If you're staying at a place that doesn't look like they have one, do you call ahead to see if they can put one in the room? And is it easy to maybe get a refrigerator or microwave? I do usually look ahead and see um, when I am planning if there is, you know, sometimes we'll pick a place Um, that has a kitchenette and advertises that way. I haven't ever requested before to have one. You know, we, I think there was one night where we didn't have one and we just got more ice and we put it in the cooler and made do with that. And that was okay. And I think that night I just, uh, we didn't have a good luck with a restaurant and I just, uh, it was more of a snacking night for me, (laughs) but Overall, you know, we were able to find most places along the way. We were able to to find places that had microwaves or refrigerators or both, which was always helpful. I have had clients who have called and tried to request that and seen, you know, what rooms were available that did have a microwave or, or refrigerator. And also, you know, planning ahead. If you're stopping somewhere for a couple days in a row, maybe it makes more sense to stay at an apartment and do, you know, an Airbnb or something like that so that you have a full kitchen and a break from, you know, having to worry about looking for somewhere to eat um, and dining out. It's nice to, it's nice also to uh, have a break from having to figure everything out. So another strategy. Yeah, I have to say my family has had that experience too, where it's really kind of nice going somewhere where you don't have to put so much energy into every single meal where you can kind of focus on the activities and just have a microwave and a fridge. And so we have a tendency to lock into certain hotel chains that we know always have the microwave and the fridge. And then we even have a little like bag. And and this is because my daughter's a golfer. And so we would travel a little bit for the golfing. And so we just had a little bag that had like extra, you know, paper plates, cutlery, napkins, Ziploc bags. And, you know, I had a little tiny cutting board, my little knife. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good strategy, too, with the hotel chains. Mm -hmm. Good. So now let's look at the international travel, because that's obviously very different. You know, it's easy to fill a a Mm -hmm. car trunk with all sorts of things. So what about uh, international travel? What would be your top three tips there? It really depends on the location. We are a very global world, and there are 
a surprising amount of things that you find at grocery stores all over. I was most surprised. I think I went to Thailand a few years ago, um, pre-pandemic. Um, and so I guess that was more than a couple. But <laughs> when I went to Thailand, I wasn't sure what I would find at the grocery store. I packed an entire suitcase of food because I just really wasn't sure. I ended up finding plenty of food at the grocery store, um, even packaged food. So you never really know. But I think that on your first trips traveling ab abroad somewhere, it's always better to be overpacked than underpacked when it comes to food. So, you know, I was super thankful that I had all of that just in case I needed it. The worst is to be somewhere and not be able to find safe food and be hungry. Um, so it's much better to overpack with food than to underpack. You know, you you don't know. It's hard, it's hard to know when you're going somewhere new. You have no idea. And so yeah, it's good to have those options. But so I think, you know, making sure that you plan ahead with some packaged safe foods that you know are, are good go-tos that you feel comfortable with. And really also focusing on the things that you can control. I think people forget that there are a lot of things that you do have control over. You know, you can make sure you have your medicine with you all the time, you know, make sure you have your epinephrine auto injectors, make sure you have a translated chef card if you're going somewhere that you don't speak the language so that you can be able to uh, explain your allergies, having hand wipes so that you can clean down surfaces. You know, there are so many different ways that we have control and it's, it's easy to feel out of control, I think, when you're traveling because you do have to be pretty adaptable and flexible. Things don't always go the way that you're planning. Very often they don't. And that is also just, you know, part of how life is. So, but I think travel make, makes you even more flexible and adaptable because things are always changing and you don't know exactly what to expect. But keeping in mind the things that you do have control over as far as food allergies and feeling safe with that, there is actually, you know, a lot that you can do. So it's a big thing to focus on. These are absolutely excellent points. And kind of on that note, you offer a course and consulting. Can we talk about that for just a few minutes and how you actually help individuals with travel? Yeah, I have a dining out with food allergies course. You know, I talked to so many people over the years who really struggle with dining out and feeling comfortable doing that. And it, it can be so stressful. And I went through plenty of moments where I felt a lot of anxiety around dining out because, you know, you have to make sure that your point is coming across and you feel safe. And there's, there's some great strategies and tools to be able to do that. And if you're new to food allergies, or if you're somebody, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who have had food allergies their entire lives and are still very nervous to dine out and like working through different strategies to be able and tools to be able to feel more comfortable. I've come to love dining out, but you don't have to feel that way. But it's such a big part of our culture and such a big part of any celebration. You know, food is, is such an intricate part of life that being able to feel comfortable going to a restaurant, I think is really important because it's really, that's really hard to avoid and just socializing, you know, around food. So 
my course goes from your mindset with food allergies and dining out all the way through to actually being at the restaurant. And, you know, I have some videos of um, modeling that for people and how they do it safely and how I do it safely. And then just, yeah, it goes through all the steps, uh, using a chef card, how you do that, the questions that you ask at a restaurant, how you trust your gut, red flags to look for when you are at a restaurant or are on the phone talking to somebody um, and trying to figure out if, if that's a good restaurant to try. Um, so all of those things, there's so, there's so much, you know, it's, it's not things that you go to the allergist and they tell you about, it's things that you learn from doing, going through that throughout your entire life. And my background is in education. I was a teacher for years. And, and so I love being able to uh, teach and educate people on how to do it safely and have them, you know, get that confidence to feel like they can do it, whether they, you know, whether it's something that happens only a few times a year for them or something that they start to do regularly. But I think being able to feel like they can do it is is such a big, important thing. And then consulting for so many years, starting, I guess, with my blog, I had people emailing me, asking me questions about travel. And at the time when I started my blog, the, that year, I think is when I moved to Italy and I lived there for three years and I was traveling a lot after that as well. And and since then, I was just helping people <laughs> answering their emails and then has become a job. So now, you know, I offer consulting for families and individuals with food allergies who are trying to figure out how to feel safe and comfortable traveling to whatever destination they're hoping to travel to. So giving them all the you know strategies and tools that I use to help them get there safely and feel empowered to do it. I think a huge piece is is it's really nerve-wracking for people and feeling like they can do it is is a really important part. Um, and so some people just need like a little bit of guidance and to feel some, you know, to feel empowered that they can, that they really can do it. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. I, I love being able to help people do that and traveling. So such an amazing part of life, I think, and being able to experience the world and, and other cultures and it's, it's awesome. So being able to get out there and not let food allergies stop you is, is really important. Oh boy, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, I used to work overseas as well and did study abroad, you know, myself. And I just think it's so amazing. And when my children were first diagnosed with food allergies, the first thing I thought about is, oh my God, the world got tighter. But when you start turning to others to learn more, you find out, no, it doesn't get tighter. You know, there are things you can do if it really is important to you to make it happen. And I think that's like the key message too that you're giving here is like, you don't need to be stopped. Like you want to go travel the world, you go travel the world. You want to go a couple towns over to see grandma, you go, you go, you do it. And, but, but it is so helpful to see the people who've gone before you and to see their successes. Cause then that gives you confidence. Cause then you're like, oh, I could do that. I see what she's doing. I could do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you can make anywhere safe. There's always a way to make a trip safe somewhere that you want to go safe. It's just a matter of planning, preparing. Figuring out those ways to to make it safe for you. Great attitude. <laughs> so before we wrap up today, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to hear from you? Feel free to reach out. <laughs> I guess if you if you need any um, you know resources for dining and traveling um, with food allergies, and you can find me at misallergicreactor.com uh, and all the 
resources are on my website. And on Instagram, I share a lot of different tips and videos and all sorts of things there too. That's wonderful. And listeners, I will make sure that in the show notes, we have all the links to reach Allie and to find all these fabulous resources. So Allie, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super, super busy. And so I was just thrilled and we're thankful and grateful that you were able to join us today. Thank you so much. It was so nice. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to thank DBV Technologies one more time for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to FACT's Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.